This is The Insecurity Project. If you are looking to solve the insecurity problem in your life, rather than just manage it, mask it or medicate it, you have come to the right place. This is the home of high-quality content and conversations about how to overcome insecurity. If you can do that, it's not just good for you, it's not just good for your friends and family, it's good for the world, so it's kind of important. There's some work to do here, but let's go do this work together. Now on to today's show. Hello my friends, it's 10 minute Tuesday time again. This is the second last episode for the year. What an extraordinary year. I was just thinking about uh, the start of the year, driving to Sydney uh, in the, the new Jag that I'd bought, listening to The Miracle Equation by Hal Elrod, driving uh, through uh, you know lands that have been ravished by drought and fire. There was smoke, hay through the air. It was hot. I was driving to Sydney for a, a networking event. I listened to this book, um, there were tears uh, and there was joy. It was such a, an extraordinary car drive because in the midst of the struggle and the fight, there was still this deep yearning for more and this unshakable commitment to be an ambitious person that was going to make something meaningful of this year. And the year has turned out very differently than I imagine and probably anyone has imagined, but it has been extraordinary. It has been the best year of my life um, in a whole, for a whole bunch of interesting reasons. Uh, and so this, this vision quest, the theme for the retreat in March, I'm inviting you to be part of that. Uh, and... I, the purpose of me doing this episode of the podcast is just to tell you why it's a good idea to be in that room. Um, and, and I think why, why I'm qualified to run an event called a vision quest, because you know, you know, me and my style around being non-negotiable about smoking what I'm selling. So uh, it is only out of the overflow of my own experience that I have any value to offer anyone. So I want, I want to tell you, uh, you know, the fruit of my own vision quest uh, over the last 10 years or so and the, the stuff I've learned along the way and the, the things that have made a difference for me to be where I am here, to, to be living the life that I desire to live. So this, the, the experience of waking up each morning feeling connected to meaning and purpose and fulfilment, to feel like I'm doing good work, to feel like there's nothing in the way, to feel like... I'm having the experience of life that I want to be having, doing the work I want to be doing, hanging out with the people I want to be hanging out with, having the relationship with money that I desire, um, you know, and and just the experience of, of that because that wasn't always my experience of life, I promise you. So stuff I've learned and then the stuff to facilitate for you to have that experience as well. So. So here, here are some things. I don't know whether these are going to be in any particular order, but just as I was journaling this morning and reflecting on what's made the difference for me about my own vision quest, and I love the term vision quest because more than just a vision board about having something static or something that you, you do once, a quest just suggests this epic journey <laughs> that's going to be hard and, and painful but beautiful and wonderful at the same time. So I, I love the, the idea of a quest. So uh, here, are some, here are some insights about the stuff that's worked for me. Uh, the first is regular time out to explore what do I want. 
So of all the rituals that I do, that that would have to have been the thing that has made the most difference in my life. Regular, frequent, stopping, pausing, taking stock. Based on that simple question, hey, Jamin, what, what do you want? Um, and now what are you prepared to do about that? And, and every time I sit down with pen and blank page to answer that question, I know it's a hard question. I know it's a painful question, but I know it is the adult question. I know it is the question that will give birth to all life and, and all fruitfulness and, and all growth. So it's the question that, that sits in front of me all the time. And it still, it still terrifies me at times. It still draws me into uncharted waters and uncertainty and raises new insecurity. Um, but, but taking time out of my life, um, just small pockets of time frequently to stop, reflect and ask that question. Um, I, I don't know of any substitute for that as a ritual. And uh, whether you're good at this or not, it doesn't matter. The best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. So beginning it, begin again in this moment, as Sam Harris says, uh, which is how I feel every time I, I stop and do that. It doesn't matter what's happened. What do I want now? What do I want moving forward? Uh, so the, the energy that I think about in terms of moving into my vision quest, it's kind of the opposite energy of hiding, which is a little abstract way of describing it, but um, I, I think you kind of get what I mean. The energy concerned with hiding, protecting, staying safe is the opposite energy that is required to go on a vision quest. It's going, I'm coming out of hiding. I'm stepping into un, the uncertainty, the unknown. I'm moving forward. I'm being more seen. Uh, so every time you feel like you're stepping into that and you are moving into your vision quest, every time you're pulling back from that, you are moving away from it. Um, I, I use this example all the time. I tell it to my kids. I often say it in workshops, um, the idea that less than 5% of the world's population um, know what they want and are actively going after it. And the rest of the 95% are simply helping the 5% get what they want because they don't know what they want and they're not going after it. So I say to my kids, do you want to be part of the 5% or the 95%? Um, I say to my clients, do you want to be part of the 5% or the 95%? I say to myself, do you want to be part of the 5% or part of the 95%? Knowing that it's hard being part of the 5%. Uh, that's why there's so few. <laughs> and there's every chance to give up, go home, shut up, pack it down, um, go back to where it was safe every single day is another opportunity to get scared and, and give up. Like it's not easy, but, but this is how the world works. So to come to terms with that is really beautiful just to know that if you're not clear about going after your own vision and serving your own vision, then the only other option, the only other option is that you will serve the agenda of the people who do know what they want. If you don't know what you want, plenty of people who do, and they will enlist you to get you them what they want. I just finished watching this uh, documentary movie on Amazon Prime called Hired Gun, just looking at, you know, props, probably 20 uh, elite musicians in, in the last 30 years who've written almost all the, the great songs we love today, but most would never have heard their name just because they're hired guns. They, they're they number twos. They, su they support the big names, the superstars. And it's a, it's a tale of woe <laughs> hearing their stories, often getting treated poorly for very little money, being jettisoned the moment their usefulness expires uh, in spite of incredible loyalty and hard work over the years just because they're not the superstar. Um, so to come to terms with the fact that life is not fair, like it's really, really beautiful to know that, just to go, okay, this is not easy and, and, 
but if you are not clear about what you want, then you will end up serving what someone else wants. That's the only two options you've got in life. So the odds are completely stacked against you to be part of the 5%. That's really important to know too. So it is hard, but complaining is madness. So to kind of know that it's hard, realise the odds are stacked, realise most people will never find their own vision. Uh, you probably won't either. <laughs> like that's just, it's really beautiful to know that. So you go, well, no point complaining about it, no point being surprised that this is hard. Uh, every day I would have someone tell me, Jamin, like, it's actually really hard for me to know what I want. I was like, oh, sorry. Like, I didn't realise you were special. Uh, no, it's hard for everybody. Um, so this will not be given to you. No one's going to make it easy for you. No one's going to get out of your way and hand it to you. Like, you've got to fight for it. That's the gift life offers you. You, you. Your vision quest will require everything you've got. It will cost you more than you ever imagined the hardest thing you've ever done, but also the most life-giving and most rewarding. Uh, so I don't know if I've scared you enough yet, but it's uh, reflecting on my own experience. Like at any moment I could get, I could uh, uh, get so emotional and overwhelmed at the thought of being here just by reflecting on all the moments where I thought I wasn't going to make it, where I thought it was going to be too hard, where I thought I was going to give up. Uh, and to have found a way through, I, it's just overwhelming. Um, I was interviewed on a, on a podcast uh, last week and half of it I was crying just because of that thing. It's like, oh, my goodness, things are great now, but they weren't always great. And I oh, hung on by a thread so many times. Uh, that's the gift of it because it's so rewarding and so wonderful. So coming to terms with how hard it is and how unfair it is is just so beautiful. Uh so uh, the idea of everything is created twice. Stephen Covey's finest contribution is beautiful. Um, so in the absence of getting what you want, your work is to use what you've got now to get what you want. Like that's, that's really good to know that. Just to go, yeah, most of it won't look like what you want. But if you can go, well, everything's created twice. So my work right now is to create a compelling future for myself, to use the choice and responsibility I've been given, to use the wonder of the human mind to, to visualise, to to create story, to imagine, to uh, set intention around a future that's that's the one that I want and to do whatever it takes to get there. Uh, Hal Elrod, Hal, Hal El, I don't know, Hal Elrod, Hal Elrod, yeah, there you go. The morning miracle and the miracle equation, unwavering faith and extraordinary action. It's how miracles are created because when someone actually does it, does get to the point of living a beautiful life, it is a miracle because it's so hard and so rare and it happens by unwavering faith and extraordinary action, just this, this inexorability to hang on to something more compelling and do whatever it takes to get there, but not to fight against yourself to get there. That's a key distinction. You're not, this is not a battle against yourself. This is a, a journey into yourself to discover who you really are and what you're capable of and to find something honest and true and authentic. And this is why the insecurity project is so central to this idea because to get to authenticity, you've got to go through insecurity. You can't just go, well, I'm going to be clear about what I want if you don't believe you're worthy, if you've got these, these opinions that lock you out of a, a, a compelling life that say you can go this far but no further that need to compare yourself with others. So um, the, the reason I'm here now is not just because I woke up here and got connected to an authentic life. To solve the purpose problem, you've got to solve the insecurity problem first. 
that's there's no two ways uh, around that. Uh, liminal space is another really key distinction about this. So, so the doorway moments. I think life is just a series of doorways and, and doors. And, and I look at my life and the way I make sense of the journey I've been through is about walking through doors. And you never really know what's on the other side of the door, but there's only one way to find out, and that's to walk through the door. So there's a series of yeses and nos to doors, walking through some, I'm going to walk through this door, I'm not going to walk through that door. I'm going to open this door, I'm going to close that door. Um, and all I'm guided by is the sense of what's true, what's honest, what's life-giving, moving towards life, away from death, uh, being drawn into something bigger, bigger than myself, um, not even about me, listening to what's inside of me and what's outside of me, uh, but walking through doorways. And uh, something that Derek Sivers said, I was listening to a podcast when I was in Germany with my family in 2016 and it's, it's stuck with me. And I think I may have slightly modified his quote over the years, but I'm sure the essence is still the same. Because he said, look, the longer you can sit in a place of uncertainty without rushing to fill it with previous forms of certainty, the more profound and beautiful the thing you will emerge with will be. And I think that is the extraordinary thing about liminal spaces, the, the doorway, the, the thing that's not the new but it's not the old, you're in, in between because every, every new stage of growth has these liminal spaces, has these doorways, these archways, and they are uncertain spaces, they're terrifying spaces, and we crave certainty. That's our, our nature as human beings. Certainty is one of our core needs. And so in the midst of chaos and uncertainty in liminal spaces, the tendency is to look back for former periods of certainty and to grasp what previously met the need for certainty. But if you can withhold the urge to do that and embrace the uncertainty and survive in the chaos without rushing to fill it, then the thing you will emerge with and the stepping through into the new space will be more profound and more beautiful the longer you wait. So that, that's an essential part. When I look back at my life and the doors I've walked through, the willingness to sit in uncertainty has been an essential part of this. Um, Connecting with guides along the way who've been able to light the path and show the way. So while no one is ever going to hand you your quest or make it easy for you, uh, there are people who are gifts to you, who are the right person at the right time with the right message and the right tools sent to light your path and to look for those people and to trust those people and to push into their world and to, to follow them and to model them. Is extraordinary. I would not be who I am today without without beautiful people who have played a role at certain times, and they've played a difficult role. And sometimes I've resisted their guidance, uh, but every time they've took me further than I would have gone myself. Uh, and it's a joy to be able to do that for other people now. Uh, I think the subject object switch. Robert Keegan, Harvard psychologist. Every time I get stuck in the subjective, then my world gets smaller. So seeing the world through my own subjective eyes, it's easier to see what's missing. It's easier to see what's not happening. It's easier to see what I'm not. It's easier to see hard things, painful things. And, and every time I get stuck in the subjective space, uh, it's easy, much easier to quit and to give up and think this will never happen. It's too hard and uh, maybe my world's okay where it is. Every time I stop, step outside and, and examine the world objectively, uh, then the world gets bigger. I see universal patterns. I, I lose sight of my specialness 
and the, the resistance falls away as well. I see process and I trust that it's going to be okay. And I step into a bigger space. So mindfulness, meditation, questioning, pausing, stepping outside, taking a break, taking a breath, being drawn out of my own head. That's it's an essential space. So busyness is is kind of it keeps you in stuck in your subjective space. It's the most socially acceptable addiction of our day. When I saw time, money, and mobility were the three luxuries in life uh, from Tim Ferriss, time was the one I went after first because I just thought it's, if I don't get that one first, I will never get the other two. The twelve month sabbatical just to stop and get outside my own experience and look back in. Um, you know, that was probably the most important year of my life. If I look back, the, the changes that happened there um, yeah, really set me up for everything else. Uh, Rumi says, what you seek is seeking you. And that's always brought me great comfort just to know um, if it's true and honest and real and authentic, then I get drawn into that. I don't have to fight my way. There is a flow of life that's bigger than me that I'm surrendering into. So I want to think about um, I mean, you know, leading a conversation globally about insecurity. I don't feel like I'm fighting my way into that space. I feel like I'm surrendering my way into that space. I feel like, yeah, the world's waiting for that. It'll be unkind and untrue not to go be that guy if that's who I am. So it feels, it feels bigger than me. Uh, power and grace is uh, the, the two words tattooed on my leg for the reason that they have been my guiding principles around this vision quest for years. Um, the sense of power, just to go, hey, Jamie, don't imagine that you couldn't have whatever you want. Um, that is the extraordinary power you've been given as a human being. Ridiculous amounts of power, stupid amounts of power, dangerous amounts of power. But don't ever imagine you are without power. Don't ever imagine you couldn't find a way that has never existed before. Do not ever imagine you're not creative, innovative, resourceful, wonderful, that the, the image of the divine in you is the ability to create stuff that has never existed before. So who cares if there's no way? Make a way, create a way, be the way. Like power, ridiculous amounts of power. But in the same setting, sorry, in the same sense, you're no one and have nothing. You're, you're here and then gone in the blink of an eye. Uh, very soon, no one will ever remember you even existed. Um, so don't get too caught up in how wonderful and powerful you are. Uh, and this oxygen you breathe every, every minute of the day, if it ran out, well, you've got no way of creating it. So for all your creativity, you can't create the things that you actually need to survive. So just settle down a bit, surrender. Stay connected, open, humble, teachable, present. <laughs> and that's, that's just been such a beautiful corrective. Power on my left leg because my tendency is to shrink back and to be a victim and think I've got no power. I'm right side dominant. So, um, But grace on my right leg to go settle down, Jamie, before you get too carried away. Uh, power and grace. Uh, the, the idea of growing what you've been given has been a, a beautiful thing that has guided me on my vision quest as well to go, sure, I could look around and see people have been given more um, and that would make me feel like I don't have enough or I could look around and see people who I've been given more than, which might make me feel like I'm already sitting pretty. Both of those two responses are going to be dangerous. So just run my own race, grow what I've been given, don't need to compare myself to anybody else, don't need to be better than or worse than anybody else, just grow what I've been given. 
just go see what what is possible. The, the most I can do with what I've been given. Um, that's that's just been super useful and draws me into a bigger space again and again. And I think the final thing that I'd like to say in my, my vision quest is that all of my favourite ideas now, all the things I most enjoy about my life now, have all every single one of them started out as a silly idea. They were a weird idea. They were an irrational idea. They were an unreasonable idea. They were an idea that I had no right to think. But if I didn't allow myself to think silly ideas, then I, I could never have experienced the life that I have now. So often I watch people on this vision quest just be too sensible about it and feel like it's got to be perfect from the start. Um, yeah, I've been married to Kat for 21 years. I remember the day that I saw her and I remember the first silly idea that popped into my mind when I saw her and that was, if I ever marry a woman, that's the one I want. <laughs> it was the silliest idea I'd ever had because I was just, I had no right to think that thought. <laughs> but that was the one I wanted. She was the one I wanted. And look at this, here, here we are, still sharing a wonderful life together. Silly ideas. Uh, so look, if you want to be in the room in March on the Gold Coast, it's probably a silly, a silly idea to pitch that to your spouse or your boss or your kids or whoever you need to ask permission for or, or inform that that's what you want to do, spend the money to get in the room, pay for flights, accommodation is probably a silly idea. Um, you know, do what? A vision what? A vision quest? What even is that? Well, who knows what it is. Uh, all I can tell you is that uh, you get in that room and I, I promise you it's a step into life. It's a step into adventure. It's a step into authenticity. And that's not just good for you, that's good for the world. So it would be a joy to host you and to be part of facilitating something for you and to shine a light on the path for you and to uh, be part of you moving closer to that. So let me know if you're keen. And uh, there are limited spaces. That's not just a sales pitch. Um, the room's a certain size. COVID makes it even smaller. So uh, not everyone who wants to be there will be able to be there. So if you'd like to be there, um, get in soon. We'll leave it there. One more 10-minute Tuesday for the week next week and uh, that'll be it for the year. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. The aim of the game is to show up to life unhindered by doubt, fear and insecurity so that you can be at your best where it matters most. Now, if you're ready to begin the work of becoming unhindered in your life, the Unhindered Short Course is an eight-part video series designed to help you do exactly that. And at only $99 for a limited time, it's an offer too good to refuse. For more information, go to theinsecurityproject.com.